I'm like, damn, that's cold blooded. Like you just like got this dude hooked on your ass. <laughs> You're going to take his heart. When I asked someone for a favor. That's not what yeah. I asked him. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Verdict Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. It's been a hot minute, everyone, but I'm back better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. It's been a cool hour, but I'm still here. <laughs> Let's get it. That's right. That's right. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification, all those fun buttons that help you keep up with all of our episodes. Tell a friend about us. Tell an enemy about us. Tell your dog, your cat. Tell your imaginary friend about us too. We like those guys. They're fun. Couple, let's talk a little bit before we jump into this movie because we got a couple of announcements. One, I'm sure we'll talk about it at the end of the episode too, but I want to get out in the front. We're going to be reviewing, going back live. Actually, if you're Ooh. listening to this on Monday before 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, Fox Central. There it be, is. I have to be careful with that now though. Because all of the people I work with at my new job are Central Time. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening, I love you. Anyway, so we're going to be live doing uh, The Last of Us. And then later on in the month on the 20th, so the following week, Alec and I will be going live for The Legend of Vox Machina Season 2. So we're looking forward to that. So we're going to have some live shows again starting up. We'll follow every episode like we were on previous television shows in addition to this because i'm such a nerd and a fan of this we're gonna try something new i'm gonna live stream myself playing the first game that this season is gonna follow i don't know if all the way to the end but at least it will follow the majority it looks like it's going all the way to the end of me but and so we're gonna live stream probably a couple hours a day next week to get through the first game after we starting on tuesday i guess it would be the 17th of January. So if you're interested in watching that, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, where we are live. Just check out that What's Our Verdict on either one of them. And these guys will be popping in and out of the live stream, talking the TV show, talking the game, just because I'm so obsessed with talking it. Shit. Talking yeah. shit. Talking shit. Talking nonsense, but should be All fun. At uh, any rate. So yeah, there's that fun announcement. Tune in for all of that fun shit. We're looking forward to it. With that, today, we're here to review The Pale Blue Eye. It was released January 6th, 2023. It was written and directed by Scott Cooper, based on the book by Louis Bayard. It stars Christian Bale, Harry Melling, Toby Jones, Timothy Spall, Simon McBurney, Harry Lottie, Lucy Boynton, Gillian Anderson, and Robert Duvall. A world-weary detective is hired to investigate the murder of a West Point cadet. Stymied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel the case, a young man with young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. This is a relatively new movie, so if you haven't seen this one, you won't avoid spoilers. Pause podcast, go check it out on Netflix, come back, pick up where you left off, and because uh, we're going we're gonna to talk some serious spoilers. And there's a lot to spoil in this show. Yeah. It's, uh, I yeah, me too. Like, I thought it was going to be pretty. I didn't realize we were going to be doing our third whodunit. In right, a row. Murder <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, it feels like uh, 2023 is the whodunit year so far. Yeah. <laughs> so, they have a theme going. Yeah. Pretty exciting, though. It is the first movie released in 2023 that we're reviewing. So the new year is in hot. 
effect moving forward. Yeah, let's talk this crazy movie. It was interesting. It was better than I thought, but very much more different than I thought. I thought there was going to be... Yes. I mean, as soon as I saw the pale blue eye, my brain immediately went, oh, this is Edgar Allan Poe. But I thought we'd see a little bit more of Edgar Allan Poe's stories or some of the more, you know, his darker... I can't say it, this show wasn't dark because it had some very dark elements too, but... but like he wrote some very morose shit. So like I was expecting to see more tie-ins to some of his actual stories and poetry, which isn't the case. It's yeah, I wasn't expecting story. the Edgar Allan Poe origin story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. I liked it. Well, it went over well, but yeah, I was I was lost. Like Poe did go to West bit. Point. So that's like the only like real tie into this and like threw in like little bits of I don't know if it was actual poetry from him but type of poetry that he would kind of write with that morbid stuff or macabre is, is probably mm-hmm. the right thing to say there so I think to Alex's point yeah I was like and the more I watched this I was like oh they kind of blended an origin story with some other investigator that Christian Bale played and when I watched it I was like this is not what I thought I was going to be watching but I don't have a problem that I'm watching this this is quite good I don't like we're saying, I don't think anyone really knew what we were going to watch, but it was pretty intriguing. Yeah. There were some interesting Easter eggs for Poe though. Like there was a couple of shots with Ravens in it. Yeah. Like yeah, right they did in that. the top parts of the screens, like there's the Raven. And then there was a, a hint. So the character Landor, the, the detective is a made up character for the novel. Wasn't a real character or anything like that, or even based on anyone real. However, Poe did have a poem, I believe. I think it was a poem or a short story called Landor's Cottage. So that's mm. where that character got his name, plus the fact that he lived in a cottage. And He did say he was going to write a poem about him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that there was that tie-in yeah, and that I little, am. yeah, yeah, some little Easter eggs there. And then there was obviously the heart, the whole stealing of the heart thing that, you know, hints at the telltale heart. So very interesting, because Edgar Allan Poe is one of my favorite authors very dark very twisted mystery type horror leaning genre of writing so i've always very much enjoyed edgar Allan poe so it was fun and then of course the tie-ins to the pale blue eye of the whole murder mystery type thing too so just gonna go out on a limb here and say i don't really care for poetry except poetry in music because mm-hmm. otherwise i'm not really a, a poet i remember trying to do haikus five seven five <laughs> that's about the extent of my uh poetry knowledge yeah yeah i can't write that for shit but i do enjoy reading it and then in high school we did i get yeah it was my sophomore year in high school my buddy caleb played the bass guitar very well and there, Metallica did like this instrumental uh, Call of Cthulhu is what it was called. There was no lyrics to it, but it was really, there's like a really cool bass line in the middle of it. So he played that bass line over us reading The Raven as like a poetry. It was dope as fuck. So yeah, that's. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, it was way cool. Anyway, this is another one. And you guys, we've talked about it before. Me and Christian Bale have a weird Relationship, relationship with me watching i either love him or i hate him there's no yeah, in between that was, that was my question yeah. what, love or hate what are we saying loved it i thought it was great and i think mostly for me because it was a very different performance for him like you know he's usually way over the top and he's got usually some very strong powerful characters or weird characters and they're usually 
pretty flamboyant or pretty out there. And this character is not that like it is subtle and subdued. And for the most part, it's a very quiet performance from him where the first like hour that he's in there with 30 minutes of this movie that he's in it, you, the most dialogue you get is some human and Han from him, you know, which were very emotive. And so I, yeah, I loved him. I thought Christian. What's the, what's the movie we reviewed last year that had him and Margot Robbie and one other character that I should remember. It was during the war. Amsterdam. Yeah. Amsterdam. Um, I was worried he was going to, not that he did bad in that movie, but I was worried he was going to play a character kind of more like that. But like you said, he was, very subdued. And I was really impressed with his facial acting. You could just really feel, and I, I would say him and the the Harry Potter Dudley actor that I should remember his actual <laughs> name. Um, both of them, especially at the the end, not to talk about what happened there, but man, just they there wasn't a ton said, but there was a lot felt uh, yeah. just because of the emotion in their body language and especially their faces. And that really was a lot of what this movie conveyed to me. I think it, it was well portrayed because back then, I don't know, at times I feel like people said less, but things were said through body language and they did lean into those things more back then with your what you wrote, your body language and what you said. And I think they really portrayed that well. Well, and there was a very specific proper language back then too, like especially when you had new relationships that you had to be a little more formal, things like that. So I thought they did really well. The other thing I thought he did well was play off of Harry Welling, Melling very good. Like there was a nice dynamic of this quiet, gristled detective that obviously you could tell was kind of angry and, and sad. And then you had this, what was a very out of character for me. Like when we first meet Edgar Allan Poe, I'm like, wait, why is he so fucking happy? Like, <laughs> it's like, this isn't my Edgar Allan Poe. Like I need this twisted. Cause there's no way that dude was completely okay. You know what I mean? Like the, Dude's been through some shit to write the stuff that he's written. So it was very interesting. But to me, Harry Melling stole this movie, even with what's his face in it, because like every time he was on scene, like, man, I could not. And I'm not, he's not, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. I've never watched any of the Harry Potter movies, nor will I. Charles, pay attention. Stop it. <laughs> I'll give Charles all his money back. Yeah, so I, I'm, that's a matter of principle for me on that one. Yeah, so I've never watched any of those, so I didn't even know he was in those. But he's been in some other movies and TV shows, and I'm he's not been my favorite. I really enjoyed him in this. I'm a little concerned because I was typing in Harry Melling, and I was going to type in, does he... He he's a weird looking dude. Let's just be completely straight up about that. Yeah. Um, so kind of worried about that. But when I was typing in, does Harry Melling, and then it completed my sentence with have arms and legs because he played a movie called Ballad of the Buster Scroogs oh. where he didn't have arms and legs or something. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's just I don't know the Harry Harry Melling if you're out there Google's doing you dirty because that's literally the first <laughs> auto search that comes up we we need to get you some roles he's that even came up before Harry Potter that's funny yeah I, I do like his crazy eyes though yeah like where he gets that dead far away stare because it worked really well with the last thing I saw him in was the devil all the time yeah and in both this movie and that movie he has the crazy eyes down and he fits that kind of character perfectly yeah for sure um, so i think he's found his niche 
without a doubt. Oh, I agree with you. I was thinking that I was like, this dude's going to find his way into some psychological horror stuff or a villain like that. Cause he, they don't even have to, he didn't have to teach himself how to act like that or look like that. He's just his body physique. I just looked it up. He, he lost a ton of weight after Harry Potter. So he's totally fine. But the way his face is shaped and everything, he's just, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be honest, man. He's, he's got that look where I'm like, you ain't the most attractive dude on the planet, but you find the right roles. You're going to be like, imagine him as like it or something or some crazy freaky person. He'd kill it. He'd be freaky. Well, he was also in the Amazon TV, like adaptation of his dark materials. And he played one of like the magisterium's bad guys. Like, and he killed it in the first season because he's creepy. Like the guy's creepy and he plays creepy really well. Like I'm sure he's a very nice person and I'm sure he's not actually creepy in real life, but he plays creepy and you're right. The look really helps. Like he just has that kind of sinister. Pointed just, chin like the way his and, eye, the yeah. chin and his eyes sink in, like you can't, it's just what he looks like. So you don't, yeah. he just has it. So yeah. if it was good enough where are they going to do something more? I'm just curious, like, cause it's almost like an origin story. You go, mm-hmm. you, you could do more with him. Yeah. Well, and you throw a little weird wiry mustache on him and he actually looked a lot like Edgar. Allen. He did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, they found he really fit that well. And, and they almost kind of did it like a Sherlock Holmes style thing where I'm mm-hmm. like, you could just turn Edgar Allan Poe into tie in little vague things from his poems and make him like a detective or like he's just around creepy dead things and mysteries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically what they did and I thought it worked. Yeah. Yeah, and to Alex's point, like, it really is an origin story for Edgar Allan Poe, and it's really interesting to see. I think that was my favorite part of this whole movie from a storytelling perspective is, like I said, it was weird at first because he's really happy and kind of jovial and seemed like he was really, because he was always out really outspoken and he, you know, talking too much with the detective and running through these scenarios and telling stories. And I was like, this is weird. But then, then by the end, you see everything that this investigation puts him through. And how do you not take a darker view of the world after that, right? Like you have, and especially like big spoilers, the whole thing that actually happened with the detective's daughter and then what, you know, it transpired and how this story actually took place. Like, how do you not have a little more darkness that you're dealing with? Plus the fact that he, fell in love with this really weird girl in her really That's fucked up family. Nice. Yeah. Really weird is being nice. Yeah. She was psychotic. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's the kind of things that you do when you're sick and dying. You know what I mean? Like you feel like somebody tells you you got three months left to live. Hey, who am I to argue with how you're going to try to figure out to not only live for three months? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. But I will say that Lucy Boynton, for not being in it much, killed it as that wacko Leah. And like, oh, yeah, especially at the end during that little ceremony thing, she's putting the blood on her face. And like, basically, like, I'm like, damn, that's cold blooded. Like, you just like got this dude hooked on your ass. <laughs> You're going to take his heart. When I asked someone <laughs> for a favor. That's not what yeah. I asked him. <laughs> Yeah, but then Poe was still messed up at the end when he's getting all mad at Landor about she was going to be a wife. She's going to be a mother. I'm like, dude, but you weren't going to be around for any of that. Like, she's yeah, but he's <laughs> just crazy enough not to give a shit. Yeah. Well, and love does weird shit to you, man. 
it was a weird deal that so one. did either of you because there was what's cool about this movie is there's two twists in this movie yeah um did you see both of them i i certainly did not <laughs> no no <laughs> I, not even, i mean i saw so short of her like i didn't anticipate her being part of the issue killer trilogy or whatever you want to call it as soon as they introduced Jillian Anderson as the mom and they already had Toby Jones. And this is one of my issues with movies. When you put actors, cause I love Toby Jones. He's one of my favorites, the doctor dad, dude, like he, I love that actor. So when he and Jillian Anderson, the mom, I was like, this family's got some weird shit going on. And then they were leaning so heavily on the brother. I was just like, this movie has been completely straightforward so far in my opinion. So I just leaned into that. It was the son. And he was, maybe he's doing it for, to try to save his sister, maybe. And I kept thinking, well, his dad's a doctor. Maybe they're trying to find a heart that they can give her a heart transplant. Maybe there's some issues there, right? So that's what I kept thinking before tra- heart transplants were a thing. Maybe we find, you know what I mean? Some 19th century. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, doctors do weird shit back then, man. They used to do some weird shit back then. Well, they used to just let you bleed for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of like, cause you know, I mean, if they're telling him that that she's going to die, I could see a father who's a doctor, a physician saying, well, she's going to die anyway in three months. We can try to fix it. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a heart condition. Who knows? So that's kind of where I was going with it. So it really twisted me up when I was like, oh shit, she's a part of it. So that got me. And then I was like, okay, that's cool. It's a family affair, whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? But there were quite a few twists that I did not just because I got into this straightforward mentality and I just didn't expect those kind of twists at all. So no, I didn't see it coming. I mean, I I thought there was something with the daughter, right? I thought there was something with Maddie. Did not Mm. think that what happened was what was going to happen. I figured she was actually behind the whole thing. So I was like, oh, can they keep talking about this dude's daughter? She's got to have a bigger part to play. Once again, missed it by that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew the daughter had something, but I mean, the second one with Landon, no way. I was like, oh, but I, all I knew is because I had to pause and I actually had to finish the, the last 20 minutes today instead of last night. Mm-hmm. And when I paused, I was like, right when the satanic ceremony was basically coming to a crashing halt. And there was, I don't know, 18, 20 minutes of it. I was like, there's hmm. a lot of movie left. <laughs> There's a lot to end with this ending. And I was like, something, I didn't know what, I had no idea, but I was like, something's happening here that I am not picking up on. And because I was a little worried, I was like, oh no, like this is going to be a slow ending. This is going to ruin the movie because it's been, it's been good. But now they're just, it's going to lag behind. But I mean, it ramped up even further. And I didn't think it could do that. Yeah. I will say this. So with the lettering, the writing, what gives it away to Poe, I saw that. Like when he, hand, when he opens that letter from, that he pulls underneath that statue and reads it from Landor and it's like, meet me here or whatever the hell it was. I looked at it and went, that looks a lot like the handwriting in that note. But I was like, you know, it's kind of like they teach cursive. So maybe it was like, and they're at a school. Maybe it was one of those things where they you know, the calligraphy part of it was a normal piece of the 1800s. And so I just was like, okay, whatever. But I did notice, I was like, God, that handwriting looks very much like the other one. Cursive and all that embellishment. Cause having done like indexing for my church, it's a freaking nightmare when you got to try and decipher cursive. It's, you need a machine, (laughs) a computer to do that for you. It's impossible. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it was a different cursive back then too. Like they leaned really into the calligraphy act of it, the beauty mm-hmm. and the art of it versus just the we're scribbling so that we can write real fast. And that was like, so yeah, I mean, I caught that and I'm really, now that we're talking about it and I remembered that, I was like, damn it, I did say that to myself. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm an idiot. Cause how did I miss that? Right? Like, cause that's the trigger for Poe. God damn it. And then I was mad too, when they showed the necklace and it said it had the initials of the dude, Leroy Fry. Yeah. I was like, Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> so there was a couple oh, moments where I was mad at myself at the end. It's cause sure. they did a really good job with the misdirect because yeah. it's the book that the necklace is in is his daughter's book. Yeah. And so you immediately say, oh, the necklace fell out to his daughters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you don't even think twice about it. But then they do the close-up right after it falls out. And I'm like, because they just re-show that same scene, that same close-up, and you see the LF in there. I was like, God damn it, I missed that. So I was pretty pissed at myself for not catching it. But yeah, they got me, especially the whole Landor being the killer guy. And like, yeah, that killed me. I was like, son of a bitch. It was a great twist. Very Edgar Allan Poe-ish, if one would say. Absolutely. Yeah. I was kind of confused for a lot of this movie, simply because of all these other kind of storylines or twists that were going on. Mm-hmm. So at the end, after we figure out that, you know, Landor's the guy who's been killing everybody, I was sitting there going, why'd you break up the, the satanic ritual? <laughs> yeah. You're in the clear. It's because he, he gained, he fell into a son and father son relationship with Poe. Yeah, but I was, I was another I was like, kid. Because, and he even says, like, he had hoped that Poe would figure him out. Yep. I was like, dude, the one person that even has a shot at figuring it out goes under, you know, gets killed by this group. They're going to pin all three murders on him easy. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, hmm. Yeah, not what I would have done. I was gonna say from the sociopaths in the group, I would have yes. just been like, "Sucks to be you." <laughs> in yeah. fact, I'd alert the dad there and been like, <laughs> "Let's just wipe this family out, and I'm good, <laughs> and I'll go back Absolutely. to living in my cottage." And we'll just say, "Oh, look at that! They even killed my little protege. That sucks." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. But oh, I think you said it best, Jay. He he just he lost his daughter, but gained like a stepson basically but as the acting at the end there showed you can't edgar just you can't come back from that like he you can even see him trying to work through that and even tell him before he's walking out the door like i treasured our time but he couldn't even finish the sentence because it was just too hard like i was watching with tay and who really loved this movie and i was like yeah like i'm sure you'd want to keep the relationship going but both parties know like landor used edgar edgar felt used but understands kind of why he did it due to the pain and his means kind of justify the actions in his head. That's why he burned the the letter, but you can't really come back from that. It's just, there's just too much. And at the same time, like burning the letter from Edgar Allan Poe was not only like showing, Hey, I love you too, but it's as much punishment. In fact, for me, it's more punishment because that's what Landor wanted. He wanted him to turn him in. He wanted him to get him hanged. He wanted him to go to jail. And not only is, to your point, not only is Edgar Allan Poe at that point looking at him as a father figure, I mean, that he talked about that craving for having earlier on, but also he knows that if he turns him in, he's giving Landor exactly what he wants and justifying his 
course of action where now Landor has to live with what he's done, which is what he doesn't want to actually do. And so by burning that letter and not turning him in, he's actually punishing him to a certain degree on top of it. So it's a great duality of where we're at. Like you're saying, Mattson, yep, they can't move forward, but he's still being merciful to him in a way, but he's also punishing him by making him live through it and deal with those consequences internally, which is going to be much worse for a guy like Landor than being hanged after the fact. My question, I have a question. So the very, very end, when Landor's standing on the cliff and his ah, daughter jumped off and lets her little ribbon go, does this dude jump too or does he not? I, I love the way that it just cliffhangered you like, was he going to go with her or is he going to just... I love that news like that. It made me think of Inception with the spinning top. Mm-hmm. Did it Did it stop? Did it keep going? And movies like that, you just love it because the first thing I did when I was done, Jay, is turn to Tay and I was like, is he dead? Yeah. <laughs> she thinks he didn't die. He didn't jump. She thinks he stayed alive because he, he wanted someone else to send him to jail to kill him or something. So she didn't think he had the courage to do it. I, yeah, I think he died. It's tough one, isn't it? I think he jumped, but I don't really have a, what would my, my reasoning be for that? Let me think about it. Alec, what do you think? This didn't even cross my mind, to be honest. Oh, she did it. <laughs> Oh, she turned to me afterwards, like, did he die? I was like, well, evidently not, because he was still standing there on top of the cliff. So in my mind, I was like, oh, he just went to go pay his respects and kind of let her, his daughter know that he was not going to keep avenging her or, you know, he let the last guy get away. As he was telling Poe, it was more of a punishment in his mind that this guy would constantly be looking over his shoulder, wondering uh, what was coming for him. So I didn't even contemplate that he... Was in that situation <laughs> right over my head. Yeah. I just don't feel like you have a you have a lot to live for at that point. He's got nothing. It's true. I'd like to think again. This is my morbidity, morbid, morbidity, morbidity, bibbity bobbity, more bibbity, morbidity. More, oh, fuck, I did it again. Morbid, <laughs> more. I'm done with that. Morbidity. There you go. What Alex said. That's my uh, <laughs> sociopath side. That like I I hope he jumped. <laughs> like that's what, like, <laughs> as fucked up as that sounds. Like I'm like yeah, fucker. It's a good way out considering what you did. Like right. It's very full circle. Your daughter did it. It broke you. You went against everything that you are. Killed some people. Made some dude feel like oh shit. I gotta I, win him. When's my turn coming? And and leave the military. So not only. <laughs> Now he's now he's AWOL, so the military is going to be looking for him, plus the he thinks the killer is going to be looking for him. Okay, so now it's my turn to be done because of what I planned didn't happen. And his plan was to die because back then, if he gotten turned in, murder, you're getting hanged, period. But I don't know that he did. I, I could definitely see, like, the... Because, like, I don't know, murder mystery is all the rage right now, right? With, like, the Knives Out and Glass Onion it wouldn't be a stretch for me to say this writer says, well, let's write a second Mm -hmm. in the same vein of this kind of dark mystery, you know, murder mystery type thing. And now he gets to try to find his salvation by. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I just like that. It gives us the opportunity to debate that. Sure. Yeah. I was like, I got to think more movies could take a page out of this movie's book and 
leave more up to the audience's interpretation at the end, instead of doing what a lot of movies do with 10 minutes to go when it's kind of over, they don't really know how to end it. And then they just give us too much. And you're just, they're like, I, I didn't need that. Let me, let me leave the movie wanting more. Yeah. Talk about goals for this though. Right? Like you get hired to solve the crime that you committed during that process. You are given your next two victims by someone who was best friends with your first one mm-hmm. <laughs> by way of the diary. Like, yeah, too easy. Yeah. Too easy. The, the circumstance that it all played out within was yeah. just, it's even more the perfect crime than, you know, fracture because, and not by choice, but by luck, right? Like yeah. it's, it just falls into your lap. Yeah. Watch me point everybody in a wrong direction. Well, and it changes some of the conversations, right? So like mm-hmm. when the captain, when Hitchcock keeps coming to him and asking him, what did you find out? Who is our culprit? And even at one point, was it the general or superintendent? The other head of the, the school, like, they're like, we want to put it on this kid, right? He's our man. How is he not our man? And he just keeps saying, I need more time. I need more time. I'm working on it. There's some things I still need to figure out. And you're like, holy shit. Those conversations, the context for them completely change, right? After you know what's going on. It's not because he didn't know what was going on. He knew exactly what the fuck happened. It's because he needed to more time to get to the last dude and set that up in a way that would make sense and work. So yeah, very just genius writing. And now I'm going to have to read the book because I want to see how much better those dialogue pieces and the interesting, you know. Yeah, I found it as a book. I was like, oh, I'm going to read that. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Like all good movies usually come from a book. So Absolutely, absolutely. Nothing better though, just to touch on again, I know Matt and you talked about it, but that final, I don't want to say the final scene because it wasn't, but that final scene between Poe and Land, oh. Landor, man, it was so good. That's going to be one of the best scenes I think I see this year. For sure. In fact, I'm confident of it. Yeah. Very good. It'll be up there for sure. Yeah, when we do our next year in review at the end of the year, I think this one might come up again just because of that scene. Because that was... Hello the only scene. thing I'll say for this movie, and you both won't be surprised, is at times I could find this movie definitely has a slower pace. I think a sure. lot of it's intentional, and I understood that. But it is it's hard not to talk about this movie and not mention the pace of this movie definitely is on the, the much slower crawling side, which is not a bad thing. And it's heavier. It's not something that I would turn around and watch like tomorrow, but there is a lot of rewatchability in this movie, but it is slower pace. Absolutely. Until like the last 25 minutes, 20, 25, then it just takes off. But till then there's times where I was like, Alec, we could, we could have advanced a little quicker, but man, the payoff at the end is worth it. Yeah. To be honest with you, I was feeling like probably an hour into it. I'm like, oh my God, this is a two hour and 10 minute movie. I was like, it's interesting. And the acting is really good. And I'm really intrigued by the story, but it's slow. Mm-hmm. Now I will say one thing about this movie, and this is true for a lot of slow movies that have great, really great writing. It's the same as what I just got done talking about with the dialogue between Landor and the superintendent and the captain is that on looking back, when you get to the end of this movie, all of the slow pieces that I sometimes was going, is this really adding any value to this movie? Cause there were a couple of scenes where I'm like, like even the scene with Poe and the girl, when they went on their little walk, I was like, man, this is long. 
Like there is a lot of going on here. And does it really add value? And it doesn't in that moment. But when you get to that scene with Landor and Poe at the end, then it really pays off. And you start to, because that, once you figure out what's really going on, you have to look back on some of those slow moments. But it is painful. I don't want to say painful, but it was a struggle even for me a couple of times. I was like, man, they need some different editing. But now I look back and I go, no, it works because the payoff was there. If the payoff had sucked, this movie would have been, I'd be shitting all over it. But the payoff was (laughs) so good that it made all the buildup worth it to me. So I'm with you. I still think two hours and 10 minutes, I think this movie could have been an hour and 55 and been just as good. Oh yeah, 100%. There's definitely, you already mentioned some things. They could have done the same things, but cut out some of the the images or an additional couple minutes scene of his daughter again, where we already knew. We got the idea and they could have cut that up a few things. And that's why this movie won't be, I mean, the top rated movie I see this year, but it's good. Yeah. Certainly some little things they could have clipped around. So, all right, should we rate it? Let's do it. All right, Matson, since you've been gone for so long, dude, you get to go first, buddy. Yeah, let me let me kick it off. I'm going to give this movie a solid four. I didn't mention it towards the end, but this movie is slow. It's slow enough to the point where I, I even like JJ, I was, I was like in 50 minutes to an hour in, and it was weird on me a little bit. And it was funny. I turned the table. I was like, are you liking this movie? She loved it. And I, I thought she was going to be kind of against it because it's slower with 38 ADHD and needing things to kind of progress a little bit. She was all enthralled. I was like, all right, well, I need to change my tune. And then the movie started to kick in the high gear. And I was like, oh man, this ending, I'm just eating it up. These twists, I didn't see it. And the way the movie ended with you having to decide, is he alive? Is he dead? Awesome. The acting, awesome. I think the scenery and the imagery of throwing in some of the Easter eggs we talked about with Poe, this movie did it all. There's nothing bad about this movie except the pace of play was for me a detractor where jj just mentioned if they got it to around a minute the like hour and 50 i think this movie i might have given it a five like i really thinking about it there isn't really anything i like dislike except the length but for that i think it's an absolutely solid four maybe if i rethink about it should be i give it a 4.5 maybe but i feel confident with a great for watch this movie just because it came out in netflix doesn't mean it's crappy it's probably the best thing netflix has released in a while awesome movie totally unexpected and maybe that's part of it is i didn't know what i was watching but man it really exceeded my expectations love it all right alec yeah i really enjoyed this and we are on that murder mystery kick (laughs) i will say that one thing that i really enjoyed that this did that fracture and glass onion didn't was that double twist yeah the rewatchability now is there for me more so than those other movies because you have this added layer of there's not necessarily a second killer but a second group involved so much so that you know revisiting this year in a couple years will feel like rewatching it from the beginning and it'll still have that kind of twist that'll get me and whatever i also really enjoyed more so than the last scene with christian bale and henry Melling, the first scene where they are talking about the note and Christian Bale is just helping him solve the note that he wrote. And you can just see the excitement (laughs) on Edgar Allan Poe's face. And it was, it was beautiful, absolutely beautifully. Well, beautifully done. I'm going to go probably four and a half phenomenal movie. The pacing was at times not really there. And even though the story was great, there was times where I was kind of lost or confused because of that, there was so much going on to the point where I was 
having to pull myself out almost to get my bearings. So that would be the only reason why I dock it, but I will definitely be watching this again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to join you. I'm going to give it a four. And I think for me, I'm with you, Mattson. If this had been an hour and 50 minutes, so I have two scenes that really stick out to me that contradicted each other in pacing and time. And that is the card playing scene between the cadets when they invited Mm. him into his, to be honest with you, like, I feel like that entire scene didn't need to be there because of the suspicion that they throw on that kid from the beginning and they lean into it all the way through. And then when the conversation between Poe and the sister happens on their walk, she also implicates her brother in so many things by that conversation saying he's got, you know, he means well, but he's got a temper or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact dialogue, but you could have cut out that whole five or six minute scene of Poe trying to infiltrate that. And I don't think it would have changed this movie. And that right there gets you closer to that two hour hour mark. So I just think there was enough in this movie to cut back that would have made it. And I promise if it had been an hour and 50 minutes and got rid of some of that trim, that fat, it'd have been a five for me because it's rare that a movie gets me on one twist, let alone two. So when I didn't see any of it coming, I was like, Oh shit, they got me. And I don't know, maybe that's me being harsh on it because maybe those slow moments drilled me into like, what the fuck's going on enough that I missed enough that I, but I still don't think I'd have got the twists. I I mean, it was just so well done across the board, hiding the twist and the misdirection, like Alex said. So that's why I'm giving it a four. I've been bouncing four and four and a half, but I'm going to leave it at a four because the other piece that I distracted me was Robert Duvall's character. Like, like it was interesting to see him in there, but I was like, there's the only reason he's there is to have Robert Duvall in your movie. Like there's, <laughs> he didn't really add any value other than it made him feel like, he was what solved the murder, but the dude technically pretty much already knew. He just didn't know the family connection to that, the, the author of that weird book. So anyway, I just thought there were some weird things in there that didn't need to be there for me. So that's the big reason. But other than that, I will definitely watch this movie. In fact, I'm looking forward to rewatching it because I want to see the first hour and 20, 40 minutes of this movie knowing the end to see what that changes the perspective and the context of all Mm -hmm. the other stuff that happens before the twists are revealed because this movie is so smartly written that I know it's going to change the outlook of how everything happens before those twists and everything that I missed. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So I will probably be rewatching it soon. It's a great way to kick the year off of two fives, two double fives and and almost five in the first three movies this year. That's bad shit. Yeah, that, I mean, that doesn't happen very often for us. Mm-mm. But I will say this movie's ending, I think even going on a limb right now, is going to be probably an absolutely top five, probably top three, if not number one for a movie I see this year. Like, it, yeah. it's going to be hard to top. Yeah, it, it, the bar is pretty high for an ending and some twists for this year. We'll see. Well, there it is. That is the pale blue eye. Alec, tell everybody where they can find us happy to thank you for tuning into our episode of the pale blue eye it was for sure a peak intellectual film
I would like to introduce everyone to the new guy, Matson. It's been so long since he's been back. I feel that we need to reintroduce him. Uh, you can check us out wherever the finest of podcasts can be found. This includes esteemed locations such as Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and 4chan. All at What's Our Verdict, but not actually on 4chan. JJ won't let me. Uh, JJ is also breaking into uncharted territory, as he mentioned at the beginning of the episode, and looking to starting a live streaming some video game. I think he called it El Ultimo de Nosotros because he thinks he is funny. Uh, But keep an eye out for that and check out social accounts for date and times. I believe the first one we are doing is going to be Tuesday the 17th at 6 Mm p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, somewhere around there. So keep an eye out for that post when it comes. We are also on Patreon. And by the time this is released, we probably should have have our very first Patreon special released. Sorry for the delay, Charles. And so joining us there will yield new episodes not acceptable for public viewing. In addition to all shorts of bloops and shenanigans. We appreciate you joining another first class episode. And now I will turn it back over to the king of crash, the titan of terror, J.J. Crowder. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, Alec. Always a good time. It's good to have the new guy here. <laughs> it's always one joke that gets me in his little spiels. So that, that was a good one. Um, yeah. So, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinemagic out.